Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this new and improved version of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. And ladies and gentlemen, in the words of Jay-Z, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Cody Davis, Rockets insider for SB Nation over at the Dream Shake Please be sure to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's been what? An, an extremely long time since the last time you and I were able to get together and talk about the Houston Rockets. But ladies and gentlemen, with training camp set to begin at the end of this month, we are back with a new season of Believe in the Rockets. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are a Houston Rockets fan, please be sure to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And ladies and gentlemen, as we kick off this new and improved version of Believe in the Rockets, I got to tell you guys, we have a lot to discuss today. Mostly the trade rumors surrounding John Wall and whether or not Eric Gordon wants out of Houston. But ladies and gentlemen, before we get into all of that and a little bit more, I got to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the football field as teams are back on to a start of another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And please do not forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And ladies and gentlemen, before we continue this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, I got to tell you guys about Balance 7. So I don't know if you heard, but apparently former NBA player and two-time NBA champion Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. He's been taking a new product he owes the credit to, which is Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH balancing supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements in liquid form. And right now, if you go to balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, you will get $10 off. The bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to fill the pH balancing drink to go to work. Again, that's balance7.com. And please be sure to use the promo code BELIEVE at checkout. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as I alluded to, to open up this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, I want to talk about the possibility of John Wall and Eric Gordon moving on from the organization. And let's, uh, let's be real for one thing. And let's keep one thing in mind. When you take a look at the direction the Rockets are going, this is not an organization who is no longer competing for a championship. 
as a matter of fact, <laughs> this might not be an organization who is going to be competing for a spot in the playoffs. Now, if everybody stay healthy, and of course, when you take a look at the young guys, especially Jalen Green, if they are able to develop that chemistry, and if the young players, especially Jalen Green, are able to get accustomed and adjust their game to the NBA level, I think the ceiling for this Houston Rockets team for this upcoming season is the play-in tournament. And for you guys who have been listening to this podcast and has had an opportunity to read my work over at the Dream Shake, you guys know that I'm a big believer in when you go back to last year prior to losing Christian Wood, losing John Wall, losing Victor Oladipo due to injuries, and even Eric Gordon himself, I believe that the Rockets would have made the play-in tournament last season. But once again, when I take a look at this team, if everything plays and if everything goes according to plan for the Rockets, I do believe this is a rebuild that's going to be successful. And two, and most importantly, like I just said, the ceiling, the ceiling in 2022 is going to be the playing tournament. But when I take a look at John Wall and I take a look at Eric Gordon, these are two veteran players over 30 and is also on the backside of their careers they do not want to be a part of a rebuild especially a rebuild where <laughs> the ceiling for the team is a playing tournament both of those guys especially aaron gordon during his time here in houston they have been used to playing for a playoff caliber team and, and even even in more so in eric gordon case playing for a championship and say what you want about eric gordon but we all know during the back half of that james harden era when gordon came to houston i believe he signed in the offseason of 2016 six man of the year he was a vital piece to the rocket success over the last what four to five years but now it is time for the rockets to depart from both eric gordon and john wall because one of the reasons why I would like for these guys to depart is because, and this is something I say countless times here on this show, if the plan, and of course this is the plan, but the true plan is to rebuild and to develop your young guys. Having John Wall, especially Wall, who is a ball-dominant guard, and Eric Gordon to a certain extent, they can actually hinder the development of the young players, especially when you take a look at the three-headed monsters that the Rockets have in their guard lineup right now in Green, Kevin Porter Jr., and John Wall. And you guys already know that when the Rockets called up Porter from the G League, Wall and Porter could not play together. Because the Rockets wanted to give the ball and give the keys over to Porter and let him run the offense. But at the same time, you still had to keep in mind that John Wall was still out there on the court. And it seemed like those two guys could never get chemistry or anything going playing amongst themselves because it seemed like John Wall was like, I'm Wall. I'm the five-time All-Star. I'm the point guard and the leader of this team. I'm going to continue having the ball in my hands. And to Kevin Porter Jr. point, it seemed like he was taking a step back out of respect from for Walt. But 
in 2021, I think we can all agree that not only is Kevin Porter Jr. is the most is the better talent out of the two, but he's also the future. Wall isn't. Wall only, Wall only came to Houston for one final push at a championship run with James Harden, and we all know the story. That partnership lasted what seven games, and after that final game against the Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> James Harden said the team isn't good enough and bounced leaving John Wall here basically by himself, especially after they started departing from Victor Oladipo and DeMarcus Cousins and when Christian Wood went down. In the case of Eric Gordon, if it came down to the two, I would rather see the Rockets keep Gordon, but just like John Wall at this stage in his career, I'm pretty sure, as a matter of fact, I'm not pretty sure it's a proven fact now, given the fact that Kelly Eco of the athletic reported on friday doing doing a great one-on-one by the way please go check it out doing a great one-on-one eric gordon talked about still being part of the rockets the possibility of him retiring in houston but at this stage in his career even though he hasn't forced a trade he doesn't want to be a part of this organization moving forward because just like wall Gordon wants to be playing for a championship team. He wants an opportunity to play for a championship. And that isn't where the Houston Rockets are going right now. But the reason why I would rather keep Eric Gordon around is because the Rockets are a rebuilding team and they are extremely young. And say what you want about veteran leadership and locker room presence and stuff. But Eric Gordon will be a great veteran leader for this young Houston Rockets team. And that's off the court. On the court, we all know Eric Gordon can play both on and off the ball. And he will be a tremendous piece to keep the Rockets competitive playing off the ball, whether Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr. has the ball in their hands. But ladies and gentlemen, on the other side of the break, we're going to actually discuss whether or not which teams should be going after wall and whether or not it's realistic for the Rockets to depart from wall. And then to close out this latest installment of believe in the Rockets in the third segment, we're going to talk about which team should go after Eric Gordon and the possibility of the Rockets moving on from Gordon sooner than them moving on from wall. You know, guys, I know it's been an extremely long time since the last time we was able to get together and talk Houston Rockets basketball. And part of the reason why is because I've been so busy covering the Houston Texans. And for you listeners in Houston, especially the diehard Texans fans who root for the Astros, the Sabercats, the Rockets, the Dynamo, and the Texans, we all know that there has been nothing but drama surrounding the Texans. And I wanted to bring the Texans up really quick. One, just to tell you guys what I've been doing, covering this team in the trenches every single day over there off of 610 and Kirby doing OTAs, doing training camp. Now the season has started. Um, it's been a lot covering this team. And part of the reason why it's been a lot covering this team because of the ongoing drama surrounding their current slash former franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing Watson name up And please be sure to go check out my daily podcast, Locked On Texans, on all your favorite podcast streaming services as well. But the reason why I'm bringing Deshaun Watson name up, because this is going to be the second time I cover a team where 
the organization is going to continue to pay one of their players for absolutely nothing. And I say that because on Wednesday, Sham of the Athletic reported that the Rockets and Wall came to a mutual decision to part ways. And both parties are going to work together to find an ideal situation for Wall where he can go and compete for a championship. And of course, for the Rockets to pair with a team that's going to get them the most assets back as possible. But in the midst of all this, John Wall will report to training camp, but he's not going to play in the preseason. And he's not going to ever play for the Rockets again, apparently. That sounds exactly like the Deshaun Watson situation with the Houston Texans. Now, granted, let me throw this out here. I know part of the main reason why Deshaun Watson isn't playing right now, given what he has going on off the field, is part of the main reason why he's in this predicament today. And no, Ja Wall, his situation is nothing like that. But I wanted to just bring these two guys up because just like Deshaun Watson, John Wall is going to be taking part in training camp, will not take part in no type of games. And it's going to be hard to trade John Wall because of his contract. Everyone knows that Wall has two years left and he's going to be making close to $95 million over the next two seasons. That it was, it's going to make trading Wall very 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 tough for this organization but really quick funny part between john wall who is expected not to play at all this season until the rockets find a trade partner for him and deshaun watson you're looking at two guys who are going to be making a combined 55 million dollars for this upcoming year to do absolutely nothing except for go to meetings and practices and you know john wall's situation isn't as complex like deshaun watson like i just mentioned but i just find that funny you have two all-star caliber and of course in deshaun watson case generational talents they're not going to do nothing and they're going to be making a combined 55 million and the worst part about that 55 million combined john wall makes up 44.3 million dollars of that money because Deshaun Watson extension has not kicked in yet. He's still, he's in the last year of his rookie contract. He's only making like 10 and a half million. That's crazy. 10 and a half, 44 million to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> but I wanted to bring that up for you guys because I honestly do, do not see the Rockets being able to find a fair trade partner for Wall. And it's all because of his contract situation. Now, I do not knock John Wall's contract at all because at the time he signed that extension with Washington, he was still one of the best point guards in the league. There was one time I had John Wall a top five point guard in the league, probably number five, but he was still top five. Now, given the injuries, knowing the fact that his body probably cannot sustain an entire 82 game season, plus what an additional two to three months, given how far his team going to playoffs, John Wall isn't that guy anymore. He is still productive, but he is not that guy. And it seems like the Rockets don't want to buy out John Wall, and Wall definitely does not want a buyout. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you guys know, buckle up, because this is going to turn into a situation like Kevin Love in Cleveland. 
where love just like wall has a stupid and i do mean stupid contract making stupid money and this is a guy who hasn't been productive in cleveland possibly since lebron james left what was that in 2019 2018 somewhere along those lines it's going to come it's going to turn into a situation like that and cleveland would like to move on from kevin love but no team wants to play but no team wants to pay love the near 60 million dollars he have left on his contract over the next two seasons and yes kevin love can still be productive for a team i do believe if you plug him in on a playoff caliber team he has enough left in the tank that he will be able to take that team to the next level but once again who wants to pay love 60 million dollars over the next two seasons knowing that he is not the guy that he was with lebron in cleveland and especially he definitely not the guy that he was in minnesota and that's sort of similar here to the john wall situation but when i take a look at the landscape of the nba i do see three teams that should consider biting the bullet to trade for wall because like i just mentioned this is a guy who can still be productive i mean even in a down year coming off a year where wall it was his first time playing basketball in 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 two and a half years and a man still averaged 20 points and seven assists last season showcasing he could still be productive the first team everyone knows the los angeles clippers i know they brought back eric blesso they also re-signed Reggie Jackson. And now since they have those two guys on the team, I'm really not sure how much more, I'm really not sure if the Clippers are still a realistic trade option for the Rockets. Because if you bring in Wall, you now have three point guards and maybe you throw in one of those point guards, most likely Eric Blesso, then the Rockets buy him out, then he has an opportunity to go find a better opportunity a better situation for himself but i mean at this stage in eric blessed career he'd probably be lucky to play basketball for any team <laughs> in the 2022 season but you know i take a look at the clippers and then that would give them a nice little lineup him and paul george those two guys seems like they have been really good friends for an extremely long time uh, matter of fact wall was actually spotted in los angeles over the weekend participating in some type of event paul george had so those two really good really close friends and the clippers also need a primary ball handler that was part of the reason why they brought in rajon rondo but that didn't work out for the organization but if you add wall to that clippers team is going to put him in a situation where he's going to be the what third possibly fourth primary scorer on that team but he will have an opportunity to facilitate the ball between Kawhi whenever he gets back and Paul George and I also think that's part of the reason why the Clippers in this Kawhi George era they have yet to make that next step because neither one of those guys are true playmakers can they create for their teams yes can they go out and get other players involved? Yes, but that is not neither one of their top attributes as players. <laughs> that is still, if not Wall's, best attribute. And that is something 
that will help the Clippers finally get over that hump, especially considering that Kawhi is expected to miss, what, a quarter or a half of the upcoming season. That's good. Wall is going to be able to keep the Clippers around. Once again, I still don't know how much of, of a realistic trade destination the Los Angeles Clippers will be, given that they had just traded for Eric Bledsoe and given that they also re-signed Reggie Jackson. But that's one team I'm keeping an eye out on. Another team that I'm keeping an eye out on, and this might throw you guys for a loop a little bit, is the New Orleans Pelicans. And the reason why I'm saying the Pelicans is because for the same reason that I just said for the Clippers, is going to it looks like that's going to be the same thing that's going to hurt and hinder the Pelicans. But unlike Kawhi and Paul George, the duo of Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, they are not those two other guys in Los Angeles. They are talented, but over the last two years, especially last year more than anything, it seemed like they were trying to take the ball out of Lonzo Ball's hands and give it to Zion. Zion isn't that guy. Zion is not that playmaker. I get it. I understand it. He does have a high IQ, but it seems like the Pelicans are trying to make him into a player that he is not. If I'm the Pelicans, and this is part of the reason why it was so crucial for them to get back Lonzo Ball, but they let him go and sign with the Chicago Bulls, they actually need a primary ball handler. And not only do they need a primary ball handler, they also need a veteran leader in that locker room. Because as somebody who has watched the Pelicans from afar, because as you guys know, I'm also from New Orleans. I'm pretty sure you probably know when you hear me talk. That is something that it seems like always hindered the Pelicans back. A little bit of talent, but more so, but more so the leadership. But if Wall comes to the Pelicans, he will be in a situation where, yes, he's still dealing with a young team, but he's dealing with a young team who is ready for a breakout season. You add John Wall to the core of Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Zion Williamson, that is going to put the Pelicans, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say it's going to make them a championship contention team, but it would definitely make them a solid playoff team who does not have to worry about banking on whether or not they can make the play-in tournament in order to make the playoffs. Plus, with the Zion Williamson situation, the Pelicans need to do everything possible to keep Zion around. Because unlike other young stars, the Pelicans might lose a little bit more if they allow Zion Williamson to walk out that door sooner rather than later. This is his, this is this man third year in the league, coming up on his third year, but technically it's his second because he did not play his rookie season. And we're already starting to hear rumblings about whether or not Zion wants to stay in New Orleans for the long haul. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm calling up the Rockets and see what do I have to do to get my hands on Wall? Because like I just mentioned, Wall isn't the player that he was in Washington, but if you pair him alongside Brandon Ingram, who even with Zion Williamson, in my opinion, is still that team's best scorer, along with Zion Williamson, outside of his ability to try to create for his teammates, he seems like he's going to develop into a really good all-around player. You surround them with shooters, and it seems like the Pelicans have done a decent job getting shooters for that team. John Wall, once again, a facilitator, pass first point guard, he's going to do wonders for the Pelicans. But the one team that I'm looking at 
that I think should call the Rockets. And I don't really know how realistic this is because I don't even know if they have the money to do so. It's the Denver Nuggets. And the reason why I'm bringing up the Denver Nuggets is because that will be best case scenario for both the Nuggets and Wall. And for the Rockets as well, because at that point, the Nuggets would definitely be in a championship contention. I think John Wall would be a better fit for the Nuggets than he would be for the Los Angeles Clippers. And I say that because when I take a look at the Nuggets, one, Wall would possibly be what? The fifth scoring option on that team? Possibly four, given the fact that Jamal Murray is going to be out for majority of the year after he tore his ACL. But the Nuggets, just like the Clippers, do not have a primary ball handler. It seems like a lot of times they try to make that primary ball handler Jamal Murray, but he is not a a a, a playmaker. He is a score first mentality type of player, and he should be because the man can score. Same thing can be said for Michael Porter Jr. Seems like he he does have the 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 IQ and the playmaking ability, but he's another one that you might want to use his scoring ability a little bit more so. And of course, their primary playmaker is Nikola Jokic. You take a look at the Joker. Mm-hmm. They run everything through him. He's the league's reigning MVP. Phenomenal talent. But how many teams do you want? And how many teams have been successful when you have your big man as your primary playmaker? You add John Wall to that organization. That might be enough to get the Nuggets over the top and into the finals. And I say into the finals because I really do think the Nets are going to steamroll the the season. I even think more so than the Lakers. But I think if the Nuggets are able to add Wall to their core already, I think that might be enough to upset the Lakers. And I know you guys are saying, well, wait, 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 what do you mean? John Wall, his playmaking alone, of course his defense. And I forgot through this whole time, I keep forgetting this guy defense. He makes the Nuggets a well-complete team. Because between Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and the Joker, you got three guys who can literally be the team's top scorer on on any given night. John Wall still showcased the ability that he can score. But most importantly, he will be able to facilitate the ball to get everyone involved. And it will free up the responsibility for the Joker and Jamal Murray. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. Before we close out this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, like I mentioned, just wanted to touch on the Eric Gordon situation before we close out because, of course, according to Kelly Eco of The Athletic, he reported in a great one-on-one that he did with Eric Gordon that was released on Friday. He reported that Eric Gordon isn't, forcing his way out of Houston. He isn't demanding a trade, but he would like to move on from this organization. And just like the John Wall situation, I understand it. I get it. Like I mentioned, at this stage in his career, on the wrong side of 30, on the decline of his career, Eric Gordon should kind of want out of Houston because, you know, like I just mentioned, you don't want to be part of an organization that's rebuilding at this stage in his career. But I kind of want Eric Gordon to stick around because I do believe even more so that John Wall, he will be a great veteran leadership, a great locker room present for this organization. But when I take a look at Eric Gordon, 
and I compare it to the John Wall situation, I think Eric Gordon has the best opportunity to have the Rockets meet his trade wish. And there's two teams I'm looking at that desperately needs Eric Gordon more so than anything. The one team I'm looking at is Philadelphia. One, because Daryl Morey gave Eric Gordon the money, so why not just make the move for him and, and you can pay him what you originally promised him here in Houston. But most importantly, we all know they got that situation going on with Ben Simmons. But the number one thing that the Philadelphia 76ers need, whether they keep Ben Simmons or not, is more three-point shooters. They already have Seth Curry, who had a phenomenal year last year. And it doesn't matter if and, and can you imagine a, a lineup that has Curry, Seth Curry, Joel and Bean, Tobias Harris, and Eric Gordon. One, that would give Joel Embiid as much space down low as possible. But two, and most importantly, all four of those guys, especially Seth Curry and Eric Gordon, are daily from behind the arc. Now, I'm not going to say daily behind the arc for Tobias Harry, but Tobias and Embiid, they can actually step out and shoot the three ball. Whoever their playmaker is going to be, no matter if that's Ben Simmons or whoever they get back in the trade for Ben Simmons or if Tyreek Massey becomes their primary facilitator, that's going to do wonders for the 76ers because this isn't rocket science. Part of the reason why the Sixers every single year have a disappointing, well, the second biggest reason why the 76ers have a disappointing exit out of the playoffs because they do not have enough shooters to surround Joel Embiid with. And the reason why I'm saying Joel Embiid and I'm not saying Ben Simmons because it seemed like that ship has sailed. But he would do wonders wonders in Philadelphia. And the other team that I'm looking at that Eric Gordon would be a great addition to, and you guys might hate me for saying this, and I really don't know if the Rockets would do this because it would keep Eric Gordon in his division, is the Dallas Mavericks. And the only reason why I'm saying the Dallas Mavericks, and look, guys, as a fan, I do not like the Mavericks at all. The fan side of me, but as a reporter side of me, I can actually see this working out because it puts Eric Gordon in possibly a similar position that he has been over the last, what, five years that he's been here in the city of Houston. You have your MVP caliber player in Luka, just like here in Houston you had in James Harden. You have your second all-star player who <laughs> it depends on whether or not he can stay healthy, whether or not his relationship with the organization and Kristaps Porzingis, <laughs> ironically, just like Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook or Dwight Howard. But of course, Howard wasn't, uh, Gordon wasn't even in Houston when Howard was here. But And then Gordon is that borderline player who can be a great role player, who could be a great who is also a great addition that when he is healthy and when he is on can arguably give you a big three that you got to keep your eyes on. And I say big three, and I'm not talking about big three as in a sense of what Brooklyn have, but I'm talking about big three of when all three of those guys are on the court, Eric Gordon could be just as deadly as the all-star caliber player. And as the MVP caliber player, just like we saw here in Houston. Plus, 
he has the capability, as we all know, to play both on and off the ball. And I can see him working alongside Luca and Porzingis really well. Now, once again, don't know how realistic that trade scenario is going to be, only because I don't know how the Rockets will feel trading a player that would keep them into their division. And then you're looking at a situation where the Rockets will have to play Eric Gordon. Not one, not two, not three, but four times throughout the year. Probably a little bit more, too, because, you know, Gordon's injuries, uh, he might not, he might be on the sideline for one of the other matches, but Gordon would definitely be a tremendous upgrade for those two teams. Now, there are other teams around the league, I think, should pursue Eric Gordon. Um, I know prior to the draft, one of the teams that I thought should go after Eric Gordon was the Los Angeles Lakers, but you know, the Lakers, they have added so many players to their lineups. I don't even think they will look at a trade for Gordon. Um, I also would not be surprised if, and once again, don't know how this will work out when you look at the money aspect of things, um, the Phoenix Suns. I think Eric Gordon will make a great addition to the Phoenix Suns. Once again, not too sure about money, especially knowing that they're going to have to find some money to see how they're going to pay DeAndre Ayton. But you add Eric Gordon to that Phoenix Suns team that already was similar to the team that the Rockets had a couple years ago when they won 65 games. And we just saw the Suns make the finals. I don't think they make the finals again this year. But I don't know, at the same time, I would not be surprised if they end up in the Western Conference Finals. You add Eric Gordon to that Phoenix Suns team, that gives them another weapon that they can utilize. Because as great as Giannis and the Bucks was in the finals, it seems like the Lakers was just missing that one. And just like John Wall, Eric Gordon went healthy. He's a great defensive player. When you take a look at the team in Los Angeles and that purple and gold, the Suns should consider adding another guy who can actually play some defense and who can also help continue to create more floor spacing. That way, DeAndre Ayton can still do his thing in the low post. You still have... The Suns really don't have that MVP caliber player, but I think Devin Booker would definitely take that step this year. And, of course, Chris Paul, man. He's still Chris Paul. You add Eric Gordon to the rotation of guys like Jay Crowder, Cameron Payne, you know, the, the names go on and on. Eric Gordon will be a great addition to the Phoenix Suns. But at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, given the money aspect and given whether or not Gordon can stay healthy, I, I really don't know. I, I think the Rockets should do Eric Gordon just like they're doing John Wall. Come around, be as much a leader to these young guys as possible. If you want to play great, this is how it's going to be. But if you don't want to play, play great. That keeps you healthy and fresh for the long run. We'll just work together to see what and where can we send you that's going to benefit us both. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And ladies and gentlemen, I promise more episodes are on the way. We're going to get a little bit more consistent at this. 
um just had to find time i'm not gonna lie to you guys i literally just woke up so i had a little free time got in the studio and just started recording away got some notes down and started recording away so the time i'm recording right now i think i'm gonna keep this as my recording time moving forward and um this is going to be a great fun season i got some great things in store for you for you guys for both the dream shape and right here on believe in the rockets and ladies and gentlemen i know most of you guys do it already but i know you guys are fans of the texans please be sure to follow me definitely follow me for texan stuff um that keeps me busy every day all day the city of houston isn't going to see too many wins from neither one of these organizations but it's going to be fun entertaining and very full of drama when you look at the rockets and the texans but until next time ladies and gentlemen peace Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.